As ratings for Fox News continues their precipitous decline, viewers flocked the likes of One American News and Newsmax. And in the meantime, mainstream outlets like CNN and The Atlantic say these poor people, they prefer fantasy to reality. They are trapped in this delusional world of crazy fake news, and they just want sweet, sweet, comforting lies. They can't handle the truth. That is Tucker Carlson. A bold claim coming from the likes of CNN and The Atlantic and such, because, uh, well, CNN right now is running a segment that says Donald Trump will form a shadow government as several panelists decide whether or not Trump has truly committed sedition against the United States and what he might do next. That's right. One of their guests actually went on to say that Trump would form a shadow government out of Mar-a-Lago. And if that's not a crazed, delusional state, I don't know it is. Mind you, we went through years of Russia conspiracy trash from the likes of The New York Times, CNN and MSNBC. So please forgive me if I'm not all that concerned about people going and watching Newsmax. We also have another segment, however, this one a bit more serious from CNN. The CEO of Axio says that he believes or he fears a decoupling in America is going to happen. You see, for a long time, this idea that there are two Americas has been figurative. Some people watch conservative media. Some people watch, you know, leftists, progressive or mainstream media. Yeah, kind of the same thing. But this was just kind of figurative because we we're all Americans. Now we've reached this point with the election. And I talked about this quite a bit. What happens when the right says Trump won and you stole it and we know and the left says, no, he didn't. And both sides think their guy is the winner. I'm not going to claim that Donald Trump is going to form a shadow government, and I'm not even entirely convinced Donald Trump is going to launch Trump TV like many outlets are claiming. But I do think it's fair to say that the two worlds have fractured beyond recognition, and it's something I mentioned just after the election. There's no more bridge. There's no more overlap. These people don't live in the same realities anymore. In one world, they're claiming the Russia collusion narrative is real and it really happened. I'm not exaggerating. You go on Twitter and people will say, these are journalists, mind you, with blue check marks and everything saying, we all know the Russian collusion thing actually happened and Trump got away with it. Are you, are, are, excuse me? I thought we all agreed nothing was found. And maybe Trump obstructed justice, but they couldn't prosecute him because he was still the president. But we all agreed, right? Big nothing burger. Rachel Maddow was almost crying. Some people claimed she was. Apparently, none of that ever happened. And we are currently headed towards a, I don't know, some kind of broken and dystopian American state where there are two realities. And what do you think that leads us to? Can we unify? We can't. Joe Biden tweeted, it's time to unify, to come together and end the demonization. Oh, please. From the guy who launched his campaign off of the very fine people hoax, from the guy who won't say the words Antifa or denounce the Black Lives Matter rioters, you think anyone's going to unite with you? From the political party that for four years screamed at the top of their lungs, banging on the walls, refusing to accept that Trump won. You think Trump supporters want to unite with you? I'm, I'm sorry, they don't. And the problem is progressives and leftists don't want to either. Joe Biden is not a return to normalcy. He is the absolute state of decay of our system. The fact that people said, I like Trump or I hate Trump, resulting in someone as ineffectual and pathetic as Joe Biden just shows the fracturing is here. Nobody wants to unite. The, the, the narrative split has, has happened and it's only going to get worse. That's why I mentioned Tucker Carlson dropping in the ratings, because the Trump supporters, 
people on the right are not going to back down and they don't want to hear none of it. Now, I get flack from a lot, you know, uh, hardcore Trump supporters for the most part as well. I'm going to tell it like it is. uh, And maybe I'm wrong. That's fine. But the point is the tribes are split more than ever. Joe Biden is not a return to normalcy. Joe Biden is the sign that no one cares anymore. They don't. The fact that they would vote for Joe Biden with all of the failures, the, the inability to speak, the no campaigning, no one even showing up shows that many people would rather have a fake candidate than Donald Trump. And what does that mean for the rest of us? Well, CNN says Trump will form a shadow government and then everyone just goes collectively insane. Or I guess you can put it in one way is that if you're on the right tribe, they're all the crazy ones on the left tribe. They're all the crazy ones. And I got to say, I think reality has more of a conservative bias these days. And that's why so many liberals switched for Donald Trump. And many of the people who are saying they don't want to unify, they don't want to work with Trump supporters. These people have Trump derangement syndrome and they're extremely low information individuals. And I'm going to back that up with sources and show you right now. But first, let's actually read what happened and we'll slow down on the ranting. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. If you think I do a good job and you want to help support my channel, sharing really is the best thing. I know that at a certain point, you know, depending on what the truth is, people are going to support me or oppose me. If I say something is true, people are going to say, you're lying, Tim, you're wrong. And they're demand that I say what they they want me to say. I'm going to say what I want to say. And sometimes you probably won't like it. If you think it's good that people are not getting, I don't know, bubble opinion, or you think I'm doing a good job, then please consider sharing. But also hit that like button, that subscribe button, that notification bell. Let's read the story from Newsbusters. They say CNN's crazed Brinkley claims Trump will form a shadow government with Rush Limbaugh. Oh, really? That's interesting. They say on Saturday morning, CNN newsroom, Co-host Victor Blackwell and guest host Amara Walker collaborated with presidential historian Douglas Brinkley and political and New York Times national security correspondent David E. Sanger to push insane conspiracy theories about President Trump. Walker suggested that Trump is committing sedition and Brinkley crazily declared that Trump will create a kind of second shadow government out of Mar-a-Lago with Rush Limbaugh, as you may know. Donald Trump has referred to Mar-a-Lago as the Winter White House. So perhaps as winter is coming, Walker began the segment by accusing Trump of trying to overturn the Electoral College. How ironic coming from CNN, which joined the Democrats in 2016 by declaring that the Electoral College is, quote, democracy's ugliest anachronism and proposed that the U.S. eradicate it to end a Trump administration. The Electoral College must be back in fashion with leftists now that it produced results favorable to them. To be fair, though, Biden won the popular vote by a large margin, and that's what they're claiming. They're saying we won the popular vote. So what? Forget the Electoral College, right? But uh, no, I'm just going to pause real quick and say the Electoral College is not America's ugliest anachronism. It's actually a very brilliant system because we are a union of states, not a top down single federalist government. Although many people wanted to be that way, and the narrative is shifted as such to that people believe we're not a republic anymore, but some kind of direct democracy, which is weird because we're not. It is vitally important to prevent this country from falling apart. It's, it's extremely important that we have an electoral college, but I digress. They say this set up Brinkley to go on one of his typically deranged rants about Trump in which he called Trump a tin pot dictator and claimed Trump will hold a counter inaugural Will he now? CNN reveals just how much it hates Trump by continuing to have Brinkley on. 
Just this year, Brinkley has made a series of psychotic statements about the president, including gloating about Trump contracting COVID, comparing him to the founder of the American Nazi Party, claiming that his tax returns will put him in prison and labeling him an abomination. Blackwell enjoyed Brinkley's crazy claim about a counter inaugural, as he stated that would be on brand for Trump to have. <laughs> I got I got I'll tell you. OK, okay. maybe. I would not be surprised if Trump literally did have some kind of counter inauguration event of some sort. And I did think about this. I wouldn't call it a shadow government. But what if Trump just carries on as the leader of a movement and that's it? And he says, my supporters are going to work with me and we're going to enact things and we're going to do things as a movement. I wouldn't call it a shadow government, but maybe. And what if there's law enforcement people who just support Trump more than they support Joe Biden? What would happen? If Trump says, I tell you this, I'm going to leave the White House. I'm going to go to Mar-a-Lago. But if you believe in me and you want me to 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 help lead this country, then I only ask that you follow me. What happens if people say yes? What happens if people in the military say yes? What happens if people in law enforcement say yes? I'm not entirely convinced something that's going to happen, but I say it that way because I wouldn't be surprised if Trump did say the Trump movement, the MAGA movement isn't over. But again, shadow government is a bold claim that that would imply he's operating in in semi-secret with powerful officials who are going to do what he wants. Maybe, but I really doubt it. Here's the here's the quote. Brinkley chimed in on the sedition question with perhaps his most demented rant yet, in which he bizarrely alleged that Trump will form a shadow government with Rush Limbaugh, mind you. Quote, I think that Trump is going to push it to the very, very limit. But in the end, he has to recognize that he's lost. He's he's simply trying to keep his followers. He has them. He's convinced them over 70 percent of of the Republicans that it was a fraudulent election, when in fact it was one of the most well-run elections in U.S. history. Are you nuts? This this guy apparently is not a read at all. He, He probably doesn't even read the news. Almost no fraud. Almost no fraud. (laughs) I love it. Or irregularities whatsoever. I think he's he's going to try to probably go after Joe Biden in 2024 and uh, or have Don Jr. and Ivanka involved. He's going to create a kind of second shadow government out of Mar-a-Lago. He practically lives next door to Rush Limbaugh. My friends, can I just point out the delightful absurdity of him saying, Almost no fraud. CNN has finally admitted there's fraud. Just not that much, I guess. Saying almost no fraud means some fraud happened. Okay, if your bar for the like most well-run election in history is that some fraud happened, we got a problem because there should be almost there, there should be mostly no fraud. I mean, there should literally be no fraud at all. I mean, I guess I can accept that sometimes fraud happens and there's no way to be perfect. But I love that he said almost no fraud. You know what I love about this? When they're questioning whether or not Trump is committing sedition, they talk about how he's not allowing the transition process or whatever. Sanger told her that the uh, that Trump is not conducting sedition yet, saying my own view is not that it's, it's not sedition yet because the president, as Doug pointed out, has worked within the courts so far. He's tried this political maneuver that hasn't worked. Now, if we get to the point where the electors were selected by the states, forwarded to Congress, Congress is supposed to validate that on January 6th. If he still would not at that point concede, allow the transition to happen, do all the usual things no one would do after it's over, then then I think you could engage that. Or I guess if Trump formed a shadow government. Well, unfortunately for these crazy crackpots, 
Trump actually did allow the transition process to begin. Many people said that was a nail in the coffin, the final, because allowing the transition process to begin means, well, what are you going to do? Reverse the transition process, take back the money. Trump supporters are saying that in this process, Biden's going to have to report a bunch of things, and that could actually help him out because there's potential reporting of conflict of interest and that Trump is in a weaker position, but he still has the means, the power and the opportunity to actually swing a comeback and win this. Although I think that I got to be honest, it's like a lottery's tickets chance right now. And that's just my opinion. But listen, you know, I've been wrong a lot. And so I'm not going to pretend to be able to predict the future on this one. In my personal opinion, I'm thinking Joe Biden's got it. But there's a part of me that's like, I don't know, man, Trump's Trump's pulled it off before. And I, we'll see how things play out. I'm just going to sit back and wait until they officially confirm with the signature and the stamp and the electoral votes that Joe Biden is the president elect. I'm going to say, I don't know. I, I, it's the safest position. But I don't know. And people are going to be like, you're crazy. Joe Biden clearly won. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to say it. Well, listen, the main reason, according to the Trump camp and Trump supporters, as to why he allowed the transition process to begin. Uh, here we go. GSA chief, no pressure from Trump, but the left threatened family, staff and pets. Government Service Administrator Emily Murphy said that while she didn't receive pressure from the White House to begin transition proceedings for Joe Biden, she did endure several threats from the left. Murphy revealed the harassment in a Monday letter to Biden, notifying him that he will be allowed to start the presidential transition process because of recent developments involving legal challenges and certifications of election results. She emphasized that her decisions following the election have been completely independent of political pressure from Trump. Quote, to be clear, I did not receive any direction to delay my determination, Murphy said amid the torrent of criticism that has been lobbed at her from the left. I did, however, receive threats online, by phone and by mail, directed at my safety, my family, my staff and even my pets in an effort to coerce me into making this determination prematurely. And I think she did. I do. I understand that I just told you it's a, I think it's a lottery tickets chance now that Trump pulls some some kind of, you know, turnaround. Uh, he pulls it off. Uh, and it's because certification has already happened to key states and the strategy was to block certification. So you're gonna, in reverse certification, maybe, I guess, because now they could do audits or something. It's possible. But the Electoral College hasn't voted yet. Joe Biden does not get to just say, I am, therefore give me power. If the GSA says we're going to wait until Electoral College certification, then that's fine by me. So in the end, I think the reason she ended up doing this was probably because, uh, for the most part, because of threats. But also because I think Trump is recognizing he's, you know, he's he's losing ground in this battle. But we'll see how things play out. We will. In the end, whatever ends up happening, I think we are headed towards some kind of civil war. Oh, it's funny because people are like, now that the election's over, Tim, where's your civil war talk? Where did it go? I was talking about it in the IRL podcast. I don't know what a modern civil war will look like. But please, when CNN says that Trump is going to form a shadow government, there's your factions. OK, I'm not making these things up out of thin air. When the Axios CEO says on CNN, quote, I, I legitimately fear now that we are going to have a decoupling, not just like two Americas in quotation marks, but you're literally going to have two Americas where half the country gives up on a lot of the work that we do and even starts to create its own social media and communication ecosystem that is much more sort of safe and soothing because it's people who share their views. And that's dangerous. 
What do you think happens when everyone leaves the parlor and they're getting their own echo chamber communication and everyone on Twitter is getting their own echo chamber communication and you have 73 million people on one side politically active and engaged saying, go Trump. Let's be real here. In terms of the voters, Joe Biden does not have politically active people. He doesn't. The Democrats consistently target low information voters. I'm sorry, it's just true. That's why they go after youth voters. Trump goes after more politically active people. And that's why Trump often speaks about things in a rather esoteric way. Like when he went in an interview and said Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. And if I'm wrong, I'll lose an election. Most people won't know what that means. When Donald Trump says Antifa, most people don't know what that means. When the Republicans and Trump talk about big tech censorship, most regular people aren't on Twitter. Donald Trump has consistently gone after thought leaders, individuals who can inspire and and rally crowds. And the left has gone after low information people who passively hear news from their friends. It's not absolute. The Democrats certainly have tens of millions of people who are very active and engaged. And Donald Trump certainly has tens of millions of people who are who are heavily active uh, and engaged. But Trump probably has slightly more people who are more engaged than the Democrats do. And the Democrats have way more people. That's why Joe Biden got the popular vote who are just actively not engaged at all and have no idea what's going on. When you talk to a Trump supporter, You could ask them a question and they may not get the answer right completely, but you can see they have a general understanding because they have looked into it a little bit. When I talk to my friends, they say Trump is a fascist. We have to stop him. He's destroying democracy. And they give me generic responses and can't tell me a whole lot. Both sides have people who can't tell you a whole lot, but the Democrats go after youth voters for a reason. When they talk about unity, let me show you there's going to be that the fracture is here and it's not going to stop. It's never going to come back together. I don't know what could do that. Save some kind of alien invasion. Joe Biden tweeted, the election is over. It's time to put aside the partisanship and the rhetoric designed to demonize one another. We have to come together. Are you serious? That's not going to happen. For years, Donald Trump was insulted. He, they, they tried to impeach him. They, they, they accused him of working with the Russians, of being a, a traitor to the United States. What an insult. A man who, who, who runs for president because he loves this country. And they called him a traitor, helping our enemies subvert our country and even implying on MSNBC that Trump may have been a Russian asset since the 80s, which would have made him a Soviet asset, mind you, as if the Russians have taken over the United States. These people are insane. After everything Antifa has done burning down this country, they want Trump supporters and conservatives and moderates to come together and hold hands. I don't like the idea that we're breaking apart. I would like to see some kind of, I wouldn't call it compromise. I would like to see some kind of coming together of sorts and simmering down of sorts. The problem is, and I've said it before, I'm not going to compromise on these, with, with these people's ideas. They tried repealing the civil rights law out of the California constitution and their excuse. Well, other states don't have the civil rights provision in their constitution. So it's fine. Well, other states should. At what point would you compromise with people who want racial segregation? Not every single one of them do, but that's a key component of high profile progressive Democrats policies. Right now, Joe Biden is talking about in his transition racial equity and equity. What are they doing in these in these training programs for critical race theory? They're segregating people based on race. What degree of segregation would you compromise with me? The answer is none. Zero. Because my family, there is no opportunity. There's no world in which we can 
exist in two different spaces. These people want to break break us up based on race, and that's horrifying. There won't be unity. And you know what? They've said the same thing from the Daily Beast. Biden can ask, but I'm not going to look for common ground with Kyle Rittenhouse's supporters. From Ernest Owens, Ernest, who probably doesn't actually know what happened in Kenosha and just thinks that Kyle Rittenhouse is a deranged, you know, murderer or whatever. He says he's been calling on Americans to unite as a means of saving the soul of the nation. If that means playing nice with white supremacists who want to kill me, I'll pass. What? Are, what? You see, these people truly live in a deranged, paranoid reality. CNN says Trump's going to form a shadow government, and they claim that Kyle Rittenhouse's supporters want to kill you. That's just not true at all. The people in Kenosha were pushing a flaming dumpster towards a gas station. I had the reporters who were on the ground on my podcast, and one of them, Richie McGinnis, was the guy who took his shirt off to render aid to one of the guys who got shot. And they all said, no way. They watched what really happened. And what happened was extremists were trying to blow up a gas station, maybe not intentionally, but they were pushing a flaming dumpster into a gas station, which probably could have resulted in it blowing up. I think that's likely. And then when Kyle Rittenhouse put the fire out, you can see in a video him uh, or, or was putting fires out. We don't know which ones. He's running with a fire extinguisher. He got attacked and then he ran. And according to The New York Times, someone else fired first. And then Kyle turned around to defend himself. It's not a good situation. I don't like that Kyle was there. I don't like that he bought the gun and brought it out and, and any of this happened. But what do you think happens in conflict to pretend like this kid is some kind of super villain, evil, far right extremist when he's literally just some kid who went out because rioters were burning things down? That's nuts. This guy doesn't want to find common ground with Kyle Rittenhouse's supporters. I bet if you took Kyle Rittenhouse's story and took out the court key, like key details and gave us like a, a general overview, like if you said, Hey, a bunch of people are pushing a flaming dumpster into a gas station. Some dude runs up and tries to put the fire out. So they attack him. Someone fires a gun. So he defends himself and shoots at these people. Who do you think's the bad guy? And then you're like, oh, people were chasing him and trying to burn the gas station down. That's right. And then you tell him it was Kyle Rittenhouse. And they're going to be like, wait a minute. You tricked me. I don't believe it. They live in a paranoid world where they watch the likes of CNN and they read news that isn't telling them the truth. And then they end up believing this insane stuff. Which results in, it results in them believing crazy things like Trump is committing sedition or going to form a shadow government. And it's just absolutely not the case. Well, after the election, what's next for Antifa? From Andy No. And he basically just lays out one of the most important things here. Listen, Antifa do not, they, they do not like Joe Biden. These far left extremists do not like Joe Biden. Some of them probably voted for him, but now they're going to revolt against him. And many of them have said, it is easier to overthrow a feeble old man like Biden than it is a fascist like Donald Trump. And that was their goal, to weaken the United States and its leadership. And that's why I say I think we are truly headed towards something disastrous. The people who voted for Donald Trump are people who are extremely active, patriotic, love America, and want a strong leader like Trump. The people who voted for Joe Biden don't care about this country. And I'm speaking in general, gen uh, in general, uh, uh, general terms, mind you. Trump's got a lot of supporters who probably weren't paying attention. But there's a core group of individuals who are very actively supporting Joe Biden because they hate Donald Trump and they didn't care. It was settle for Biden. Anyone but Trump. They don't care if we have a strong government or not. They don't want. They just don't want Trump. So the anti-Trump people in this case appear to be on the verge of winning. 
Are the people who love this country and want to see it defended going to just sit back as these these uh, governors destroy the economy? As Joe Biden says, you know, we'll listen to the scientists on the lockdowns. And then straight up, Osterholm was advising Biden says six week national lockdown. I don't see Trump supporters just sitting back and saying, sure, fine, whatever. And that's worrisome. I'm genuinely concerned as to what happens next. I don't think it'll be a shadow government, but maybe, you know what, one way to put it, maybe that's the way they're framing it. But would Donald Trump lead a movement? Would these people resist and protest? Perhaps. What do you think happens when you have two different media ecosystems, both believing, believing completely different things and both accusing each other of being supervillains? Figurative. OK, it's just regular villains like Joe Biden stole the election. The Democrats are stealing everything. And when they say that Donald Trump is going to form a shadow government and he's a fascist and he's not going to go away. Well, then it seems that conflict is coming, doesn't it? I'm not saying I want it to and I hope it doesn't and maybe it won't. But we are not in the main storm yet. People don't realize this. They think the media called it for Biden. Everything's done. It's over. Biden won. Now everyone's going to go back home and say, oh, better luck next time. I really don't think so. Look, I think it's ridiculous to say shadow government, but I don't think Trump is going to concede. I don't think he's, he's not un, un, under no circumstances. He's going to stay there or we're going to have a very, very lit lame duck session to say the least. But what Trump does after the fact, I think will be interesting. I don't know what he'll do, but I don't think he's just going to leave. And I can tell you this, Antifa won't either. They uh, From uh, City Journal, burn it down. Activists in Seattle want to abolish police, prison, and courts. Do you think they're just going to stop rioting now that Joe Biden is president? No. Joe Biden's going to do what the Democrats have done and ignore the rioting and try and compromise with the extremists and give them what they want while they continue to riot and otherwise break stuff, hurt people. Do you think Trump supporters are going to sit down and accept the lockdowns while Antifa goes out and riots? Probably not. Maybe we'll just see what we saw with these airports as people travel for Thanksgiving, where people just ignore the guidelines saying we don't care anymore. We're going to travel. The lockdowns apparently didn't work, or at least, you know, when we see the Democratic governors saying you got to lock down and then we catch them outside with their families or doing their hair or whatever, then why would anyone believe that, uh, why would anyone believe that, that there's actually something to worry about if our leaders aren't even worried and are breaking their own rules? In which case, what really might end up happening is that people just say F you and do their thing. What's worrying to me, my final thoughts on this, is that the lockdowns are going to ignite the Trump supporters and the conservatives. In Huntington Beach just the other day, they, uh, Trump supporters were defying curfew, protesting several hundred, maybe even a thousand people. I'm not entirely sure. A large crowd saying no. On the left, they're going to keep demanding what they've always been demanding. And many of these people are going to be angry because they're locked up because of lockdown too. The lockdown is going to result in rage and rage is going to result in conflict. And people are going to look for symbols to attack that they think represents that suffering. When these leftists come out, the right wing individuals are going to say, it's because of you. We got Joe Biden in the lockdown. And the left is going to say the fascists are back and they're not going away. And then things just really light up with Joe Biden as president. And he's not president yet. We effectively have no leader. I mean, that's the reality. He is weak. He can barely speak. And we will effectively have no leader. It's exactly what Antifa wants. And then I do think a decoupling is coming. Not a shadow government, but that, that, that opening segment talking about CNN just shows that these people are deranged and think Trump is the purest of evil and is going to go nuts. But the Axios CEO made an important point. In fact, in that segment, he talked about the failures of themselves, of the media, how they could not understand what these conservatives thought. 
They underestimated Republicans. and They really missed it. But he points out there will be a decoupling two different Americas. And I believe he is 100 percent correct. And then you have the anger build up and then eventually what people fight. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up over at youtube.com slash Timcast News. It is a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. My friends, reality is completely broken and there is only one thing you need to know to understand that this is true beyond any reasonable doubt. Mainstream media is defending Fox News. Wait, wait, what? Okay, first of all, a lot of people are probably saying, Tim, Fox News is mainstream media. It's just the conservative version. Okay, okay, fine. But the point is, there's like one conservative mainstream channel, and it's Fox. And Fox is attacked relentlessly. But something funny happened. Newsweek published an article defending Fox News and claiming the ratings aren't going down. They are. Fox News' ratings are going down, and it's kind of bad. And CNN has even pointed this out, that Fox News viewers are fleeing to Newsmax and OAN, but mostly Newsmax. And this could be because Newsmax has said they're not going to call the race for Joe Biden just yet, even though it's looking more and more like Donald Trump is losing this fight. I mean, look, to be fair, as it stands, he is. A lot of Trump supporters are saying that he wants to get to SCOTUS, and sure, Perhaps a lot of people think Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, Alito are going to help Trump make his claims. Trump says the big lawsuit is coming. Okay, you know, when we see it. But I'll tell you this, man. Rudy Giuliani said, as soon as we get a fair ruling, it'll change everything, which means in his federal lawsuits and his state lawsuits, of course, they want to win. It is bad that they're getting dismissed and booted out, but They could make it to the Supreme Court and things could change. Literally, that's how the Supreme Court works. You file an appeal and it goes up and up and up and then eventually you get your final decision. So maybe that will happen. It's entirely possible. Maybe a long shot, maybe not. Maybe many of these federal judges are previous, you know, appointed by previous administrations and they don't like Trump. And maybe Trump has allies on the Supreme Court. Now that's playing politics, but maybe it'll happen or maybe. Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, Alito, Roberts, they'll have clarity of thought. And they'll say, you know, these previous rulings are all wrong. Donald Trump is the true winner. I'm not entirely convinced. But there is another really big lawsuit coming uh, that was filed recently. It is seeking to get mail-in voting deemed unconstitutional in Pennsylvania as a violation of the Pennsylvania. Well, it's a violation of the Pennsylvania's constitution. That could have a serious impact on the Pennsylvania results. But at this point, it is it is is beyond down to the wire. And the fact that Trump has opened up transition to Joe Biden says to me, it's not looking good. But you know what? It's plain as day that I know if I come out and I say these things, the, the, the people over at the Donald start posting memes about me saying, you know, I'm a cuck or whatever, a bald cuck and all that stuff, because I'm not going to blindly follow just saying Trump is winning. Because I would be lying if that was the case. Right now, people are going after Tucker Carlson. His ratings have gone down. Fox News's ratings have gone down. And right, and, and also, even Rush Limbaugh is criticizing Trump's legal team for, for coming out with these bold and grandiose assertions and not having the evidence to back it up. At a certain point, you've got to recognize when people are taking you for a ride. And I'm not talking about Trump. I think Trump really wants to win. And there are a lot of people saying, no, Trump's just trying to milk donations out of his supporters. Eh, I don't know. He's he put three million down on Wisconsin. Now, I think Trump is doing everything in his power to win by any means necessary, which is why I won't count him out. Although I'll say to you, 
I've been saying it the entire time. It, it is in all likelihood a Joe Biden presidency. And that's kind of hilarious. And this guy won. That's crazy. But there is a possibility. If, if, if Trump was making claims the moon was made out of cheese, I'd be like, there's no possibility that's true. If Trump is saying there's a constitutional trick shot method to, to still winning the presidency and he's got a bunch of lawsuits going through the courts, well, you still have right now, there's a, there's a lawsuit entering uh, in Pennsylvania, which could see mail-in ballots be deemed unconstitutional. Who knows what will happen? And the Arizona governor is saying he's not going to accept the results if there's pending litigation. That means Arizona seems to be, it's possible Trump could block certification there. And as much as the left wants to say it's over, Trump concede. I'm not there yet. Okay, listen, maybe this lawsuit in Pennsylvania will work. Maybe Trump will make it to the Supreme Court. While I certainly think the odds are getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer, and it was already bad for him to begin with, I'm not, a, I, I'm not, I'm not counting them out. Okay. What I mean by that is I'm not going to bet money that Donald Trump is going to win, even though the odds are like, it's a value bet, right? I'm just saying that it's it's a greater than 0% chance Trump could figure something out. And we've seen him defy the odds before. And just based on how things have gone this year and how crazy 2016 was, I just think, you know, you better go buy your lottery tickets. But I digress. Let's talk about Fox News. Their ratings are collapsing. And there are a lot of people that don't like Fox News for one simple reason. Fox News lies. Isn't that really funny? That's what the left has been saying over and over again. And conservatives were watching it saying, no, Fox News is actually doing a better job. Truth be told, going back several years, Fox News has been doing a better job. Brett Baer's wonderful, for instance. I think Cavuto's kind of bad, actually. And, you know, as much as I think Juan Williams doesn't read enough news, I appreciate that The Five has him on so you can have this clash of perspectives, even though he's like kind of the only Democrat guy. But Fox News used to give us uh, a fair shake. I mean, Tucker Carlson told us about the Covington kids properly, told us about Kyle Rittenhouse properly. But guess what's happening now? I turn on Fox News and you get you get something like John Roberts saying there's no evidence of voter fraud. And I said, well, that's just an outright lie. I'm not saying Trump has proven that he lost the election due to voter fraud. And that seems to be the only distinction that exists in mainstream re- in, the, in the mainstream news universe, either Voter fraud exists, therefore Trump was defeated unjustly, or uh, a voter fraud doesn't exist at all. So Fox News has John Roberts saying there's no, there's no voter fraud. Well, what happens if you're a Trump supporter, you've literally seen the sworn affidavits, and there's a ton of them. You've seen the mathematical anomalies, and you've seen what the Voter Integrity Fund has produced. You're going to say, dude, Fox, there's a lot of evidence. There's, the, there's, there's a ton, and, and some of it's even hard data like Voter Integrity Fund. How are you going to come out and say there's none? That's that's BS. That's why I think most Trump supporters probably went to Newsmax. Now, what you're going to hear from the likes of Brian Stelter and The Atlantic is that, you know, Trump's base lives in paranoid fake world reality or something like that. And they, they, they're they desperately looking to cling to some narrative that Trump really won. Those people exist. They're like Trump screaming, you know, Trump really won. This election was stolen and all that stuff. And uh, there's a lot there's a lot of Trump supporters that believe that. But I think most of the people who probably went to Newsmax were just like Fox News isn't telling me the truth. So I turned on Newsmax the other day and I was actually impressed. I do think they go way over the top for Donald Trump, some of their personalities. But uh, it wasn't it, it, it for the most part wasn't fake news, fake reality. When I turn on Fox News, why were they telling me there's no evidence? Why won't John Roberts say 
The Trump campaign is filing suits on consti- the constitutionality of uh, of some of the of these ballots. They're challenging many of these ballots. They're not alleging fraud. However, the Trump campaign has publicly stated outside of the courts that there was widespread f- fraud, though their lawsuits haven't asserted that for the most part. And while there is e- certainly evidence of fraud, meaning signs or indications that fraud may have occurred, we don't have an investigation or hard evidence determining whether or not it was widespread enough to alter the election. That's reality. That's the reality. And like I always say, we should be investigating. But you know what's creepy is that we're not. That freaks me out. The fact that we've got sworn affidavits being dis- disregarded, thrown in the trash. These people have signed, uh, signed these documents under pen- penalty of perjury. Doesn't matter, apparently. No one's going to investigate. Nobody cares. The machine doesn't like Trump and the machine just wants to keep on churning and they found their way to move forward. So that whether it's Bill Barr or anybody else, they don't care. They're not going to, to overturn this. And we've already heard from many people, even Carl Rove saying they're not going to they're not going to change this. It's not going to happen. And I think that's extremely likely. And I've said so every step of the way for this. I've gotten a bunch of people saying Tim is a bald cuck who's, you know, giving in to a Biden presidency. Hey, man, look. I am just somebody who's telling you that the information we have and my thoughts on it. I'm not instructing people to do anything. It's possible Trump wins. It's a fact. And we've got lawsuits pending. And tonight on the IRL podcast, we have a big show. So uh, you, you get ready for this. 8 p.m. tonight live. We've got uh, we're going to be sitting down with a, a, uh, a plaintiff in one of the key suits. which is gonna, It's going to be big. At least I'm hoping we'll see how it plays out. Sometimes people cancel. Take a look at this, though, from Newsweek. Fact check. Are Fox News's daytime ratings collapsing as Trump claims? Newsweek defending Fox News. Oh, I've seen too much. I can't. You know what? I just don't believe it. They say the claim Fox News daytime ratings have completely collapsed. Weekend daytime even worse. Very sad to watch this happen. But they forgot what made them successful. What got them there? They forgot the golden goose. The biggest difference between the 2016 election and 2020 was Fox News. Trump tweeted on November 12th, 2020. Yeah, well, today Trump retweeted Randy Quaid, who was saying like the same thing. And it was just so weird. Anyway, the the facts. Let me just show you the, the ruling. False. It's not surprising that Fox News ratings would drop during speeches by the Democratic winners. But having the highest rated Fox and Friends ever and the network finishing number one for the 17th consecutive quarter in daytime suggests they're not collapsing. Why is Newsweek defending Fox News? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you November 20th score, score, uh, scoreboard. Fox News wins total primetime viewers. MSNBC wins total day viewers. CNN wins adults 25 to 54. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fox News wins total primetime viewers. But what about day? MSNBC wins daytime? What's the claim from Donald Trump? Their daytime ratings have collapsed. Okay. Well, I, I don't it, it's I don't have one to one, you know, different days, different ratings. But check this out. On Friday, Cavuto had one hundred and seventy seven thousand in the in the ratings in the twenty five to, to 50, uh, 54 demographic. One hundred and seventy seven. Jake Tapper had four hundred and seventy six beating out both uh, Fox News and MSNBC. But Wallace on MSNBC had three hundred and thirty eight thousand in the key demo. Cavuto got 1.36 million at 4 p.m. Jake Tapper got two and MSNBC got 2.4. So all in all, MSNBC beat out everybody. MSNBC beat out in daytime uh, daytime ratings. Well, I'm assuming they lumped that in. But let me jump to Monday, November 2nd. 
So look, Mondays and Fridays are very different. I understand this. But the point was, I wanted to show just before the election. You've got a lot of people really hyped up. They're really eager. They want to know what's about to happen. And then you have after the election where people are still, for the most part, trying to see what's going on, but kind of moving on. Cavuto at 4 p.m. had 590 in the key demo. I'm not here to claim that Mondays and Fridays are the same or that pre and post election are identical. I'm just going to show you the comparables between CNN and MSNBC. Wallace 340, comparable. Jake Tapper 484, comparable. Cavuto 590, not comparable. Okay, look, Jake Tapper had 476. Wallace had 338 on November 20th, about the same as they did on November 2nd. But Cavuto has tanked in the ratings. The five had 402 to the Blitzers 512. And on Monday, the five had 849. So still doing well as they move into evening ratings. Okay, the point is Fox News's ratings are absolutely down. On, on November 2nd, Tucker Carlson had 6.3 million to Hayes' 2.6. Hannity had 5.9 to Maddow's 3.7. Now, this is prime time. We're getting, you know, we're getting out of the daytime claim. Take a look at this. If we go to Friday, Rachel Maddow and Hayes' ratings are pretty much the same. Carlson and Hannity have dropped by around 3 million viewers. So, Newsweek, why, why, why are you putting out defensive false? Fox News is, is ratings are fine. They're not fine. They're not. Oh, well, they said daytime, to be fair. The point is, they're absolutely tanking. People are leaving Fox News. You know, I got to say, it is kind of funny to watch. Check this out. Tucker Carlson claims 2020 election was rigged against Trump in plain view as he bemoans untrustworthy electronic voting systems and accuses Dems of conspiring with media and big tech to swing race in Biden's favor. You know, I, I, I don't trust Tucker all that much anymore, to be completely honest. I thought he was he was the best guy on TV in terms of opinion and politics. Um, not a big fan of Hannity, but I don't trust Tucker anymore. You know why? First, I've never I've never subscribed to the theories put forth by Sidney Powell. And I made some comments about that on Twitter and got ratioed by people saying, how dare you, Tim? Uh, sorry, if you're going to if you're going to come out and claim Dominion hacking in Venezuela and all this stuff like you got you got to come out with evidence on that stuff. Not the only one. Uh, 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 Rush Limbaugh saying the same thing. OK, so look, if I'm ahead of Rush Limbaugh, come on, spare me. But but Tucker Carlson on his show. Said he reached out to Sidney Powell, asked for evidence, and she presented none. Sidney said she did present evidence, a sworn affidavit, as well as offering up a mathematical expert to explain the data and mathematical anomalies. That is evidence. Why did Tucker say it didn't exist? Or she didn't present any? I believe Sidney Powell probably did send him that stuff because they've talked about it before. Why wouldn't she? And I've seen some of these affidavits. I've seen many of the affidavits. Certainly she could be like, here's some evidence. I believe it's very likely just a simple solution. Then the simple solution as to why Tucker said this, as some people have have claimed, maybe Tucker was a little salty. She wouldn't come on his show. He wanted her on the show to talk about these claims. He wanted to get the scoop on the evidence. And when he couldn't get anything, when he couldn't get her on the show, he said, well, she wouldn't give me. We would have given her a full hour. I don't trust Tucker because after this, and he saw a mass exodus and he started getting getting, you know, flack from Trump supporters. He immediately does this bit where he's like, we do think there was problems. We do. We do. We think this, please. And now he's doing the segment where he's like, it was rigged. No, I, I agree with you. Don't leave. That's what it feels like. You know, 
we had on the IRL podcast some lefties. We we have some uh, uh, people. They're not staunch conservatives. We have some libertarians. And uh, I get some thumbs down. But for the most part, look, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to tell you what I can what what what, what I can prove. I'm going to I'm going to tell you what I can't prove. I I base my decisions off of what I think to be probabilities. So right now what I would say is like Donald Trump has a chance to win. It's extremely low. It's in the single digits and probably the extremely low single digits. The very very low single digits if anything. But it exists. So I I think it's 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 stupid to come out and be like I know for a fact. And I've definitely come out in the past saying I know for a fact. Yeah, oh, I'm not perfect. But if they're going to come out and make these large, grandiose claims about Venezuelan Smartmatic and its subsidiary and Dominion buying its subsidiary and then these weird connections, it might be true. Conspiracies exist. I mean, a conspiracy, the only difference between a conspiracy and running a business is, are you breaking the law? So yeah, conspiracies exist. Like, what you got to understand about a conspiracy theory is that like, if a bunch of dudes get together and conspire on like selling drugs, it's a conspiracy. It's like criminal, criminal conspiracy. When people start a business, they get together, have meetings and discuss how they're going to run the business. So long as it's legal, it's not a conspiracy. You get how that works. That means when people have meetings and say things like we want to do this to win the election and it's on the up and up, well, then you're just having a planning meeting. But if you do that while also saying, here's what we're going to do and it's going to be illegal. Well, now you're engaging in a criminal conspiracy. These things can happen. I just don't think it's necessary. I think the big issue here is actually what Tucker Carlson said. I've said for quite some time, they changed the rules the, uh, uh, with mail-in voting. And so what ended up happening is that they gave themselves a month plus to go around and knock on doors, tell people to vote. And we even had uh, the quartering. Jeremy Hambly was on the IRL podcast last night, and he was talking about how someone went to his house that they got sent absentee ballots they never requested because apparently you only need a name and a birthday to get it. I think that is the, the, the principal path by which Democrats actually won this and got millions more votes. And it's probably why, it's probably why many of these things were just for Biden. I think what we saw was probably ballot harvesting. And that's the, 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 uh, I guess that's the simple, uh, the simple answer. Now I think there was impropriety. I think there was fraud. Is it widespread enough? Honestly, I don't know. But let me show you this. This is from the Daily Mail. I'm not entirely sure I trust it when they talk about uh, election stuff. Giuliani says he exaggerated a little bit when he said there were more votes than citizens in Detroit after Trump made the claim part of his failed bid to overturn election defeat. Donald Trump tweeted, in Detroit, there are far more votes than people. Nothing can be done to cure that giant scam. I win Michigan. Giuliani said, I'm exaggerating a bit. He immediately admitted to host Lou Dobbs. But all you have to do is look at statistical data and you can see the fraud was rampant and out of control. The city of Detroit probably has had more voters than its citizens. The president's personal lawyer spearheading the election told Fox Business on Monday. Probably. I'm exaggerating a bit. Okay. How much? And do we just blindly trust everything they're saying? And, uh, I'm going to go with Rush Limbaugh on this one. I think it's funny because these lefties are like, Tim, you're just millennial Rush Limbaugh. Me. Okay, sure. Whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Rush. Rush. I've, I've heard Rush say some crazy stuff, but uh, I've heard him say some regular stuff. And it, I don't really listen to Rush Limbaugh. But Rush, Rush Limbaugh slams Trump's legal team for making wild accusations of Democrat led global conspiracy to steal the election without offering a shred of evidence during much hyped press conference. 
led by Rudy Giuliani alongside attorney Sidney Powell, the, the legal team made wild claims to the press conference on Thursday, claimed the Democrats had stolen the election in an alleged global plot with Cuba, Venezuela, and China, which used Dominion voting machines to change Trump votes to Biden ones. Monday during his radio show, Limbaugh laid into the team for holding a much hyped press conference with nothing to back them up. You know what, man? I just think there are a lot of people who want to fight to the bitter end. And I absolutely respect that. I think sh- I think Trump should not concede under any circumstances because that's the game they've been playing the whole time. I think that the Democrats, I've been saying for quite some time that they've cheated. And what I mean by that is they changed the rules the last minute to favor themselves. It's the easiest way to explain it. They made the, they rigged the game in such a way it would benefit themselves. In fact, I had Sean Parnell, who's running for Congress, uh, and uh, I believe they've called the race for Connor Lamb, so he projected not to win. But he said the Democrats are doing these things because they think it's going to help them win. And they're right. It's really simple. First and foremost, there is tons of evidence of fraud. That's a fact. I don't know if it's widespread enough to actually have impacted the, the, the total result of the race. There are strange mathematical anomalies, and there are questions that must be answered. Like when when they say these big dumps came in for Joe Biden at 4 a.m., the mainstream media on the left says, we all knew that was going to happen. They were complaining about it. If you make us count absentee ballots at the last minute, we're going to dump all the results at once and people are going to say it's not fair. Yeah, but why are they 98 percent for Joe Biden? That's not the case. It's supposed to be like 70 percent for Joe Biden, but they're all for Joe Biden. The theory among the right is that there was an, an, an algorithm, a system in place where they knew how many votes they needed. And when they realized Trump was winning by massive margins, they started cranking out votes like crazy, which skewed the results. To put it mildly, if 2% of the uh, you know 148,000 ballots were for Trump, that means they expected Trump to be, lose, uh, to be uh, getting way less votes. And they had to print that many to overcome. So they were expecting 70 to 30. I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying that's the the general theory coming from the right. I can say these anomalies must be answered for. And anybody who says we shouldn't investigate is probably trying to pull a fast one or is lying to you. We need to get to the bottom of these questions. And uh, no matter how long it takes, I believe the Republicans, should they retain the Senate, should absolutely launch a special investigation and go after every single one of these ballots. You want want to know what? You want to know why? We did it for Russiagate, and that was kind of mind-numbing. But now we actually have sworn statements from regular people all across the country. And it's probably a really good idea for us to make sure our election systems are secure. Anyway, in the end... Everything's going to be changing rather dramatically right now. We went through four years of the Trump bump media psychosis. It can't last forever. It won't last forever. And it seems extremely likely, and it, and it always has, that it's going to be a Joe Biden presidency. Joe Biden's now got buildbackbetter.gov, I think it's called. What do you think's going to happen to the media with no Trump? I am, uh, I'm looking forward to this. I really am. What, what many of you need to understand is that Almost the the through line of all of my content has always been ragging on the media. The reason why Democrats get roped up in that is because the media is the Democrats propaganda arm for the most part. What I mean is like these big media outlets are just lying endlessly for Democrats. So when I complain about the media over and over again, I then it's the, the Democrats have gone insane, too. It's kind of like interlaced. 
What's going to happen now? I will probably keep doing exactly as I'm doing, because while Joe Biden starts blowing up kids in the Middle East and the media starts lying about it and covering it up, I'm going to keep calling them out. I'll tell you what's going to be funny, though. Mainstream media will have nothing to talk about. So they're going to start talking about, I don't know, Mickey Mouse or whatever, the hottest celebrity trends and gossip, and their ratings are going to plummet. We already saw two of the founders of Vox quit, go off on their own. But I'll tell you the funny thing. How much do you want to bet that now my channel is going to start seeing moderate conservatives and progressives watching? You know why? Because now they all hate Biden. And that's probably what I'm going to be ragging on because Joe Biden was a a warmonger VP, crooked crony, corporate politician, and the left voted him in and he's going to be awful and the media is going to lie to defend him. So when we get more conflict in the Middle East and more of the of the garbage that that Joe Biden's going to produce and lockdown trash, there's going to be a lot of people who don't like him. And it's not just going to be conservatives this time. It's going to be progressives as well. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Pennsylvania has officially certified the results of the 2020 election, and now it would seem that any remaining possibility that Donald Trump could win through an electoral trick shot, it's the, the odds are now astronomical. I would put it at like winning the lottery. Hey, people do win the lottery, but at this point, You know, I've said uh, time and time again from the beginning, it really did seem like we were heading towards a Joe Biden victory. And a lot of Trump supporters didn't like that I was saying that. Well, Pennsylvania certified Donald Trump's path to victory through the certification route was to stop certification to prevent Joe Biden from getting to 270 votes. It actually still is entirely possible. You could you could theoretically have Trump try and go after hard blue states or even, you know, states that lean heavily blue try and jam up certification there, but it just seems entirely unlikely. The advantage Trump had with the swing states was that if the votes were close enough where you can make an argument like 100,000 votes here shouldn't be counted because of this unconstitutional reason, you could flip up to 100,000 votes. So Trump being down by like 80K in Pennsylvania meant that if he said, you know, 100, 680,000 are, are bad, you could flip the state. But if you go to a place like New Jersey, where it's like two to one Democrat, the judges are going to be like, even if you win this suit, you will not change the results of this election. Therefore, they're going to ignore it. So this is it. I'm actually surprised. I didn't realize Pennsylvania was going to uh, certify this soon. We had a ton of news about Michigan. And my understanding, based on some of the people involved in current litigation, is that this was just rammed through relatively quickly. Well, at least in response to the fact that there are still lawsuits pending And there's still litigation moving forward, which could change the outcome. So I'll put it this way. Will Trump win? In my opinion, no. Um, I just think it is overwhelming, overwhelming that Trump's path to victory in this regard is extremely slim. That being said, extremely slim does not mean zero. And I think it's fair to point out there are a lot of people saying Hillary can still win. Here's how. And it's like, dude, we're at that point where I'll put it this way. I want Trump to make sure he pushes forward. I want to see if, if he's got any evidence, if these lawsuits come out. I'm, I'm ready and waiting. Uh, you, but as of right now, this was the big play. Block Michigan, block Pennsylvania, block Georgia or Nevada or Arizona or something like that. And then you've got the constitutional trick shot, but doesn't seem to have worked out that way. 
Some people are saying on the right that certifications are meaningless if they can present evidence of fraud, they can decertify or things like that. That's why I'm saying, you know what, man, I wouldn't put it past Trump. Over on the hard Trump supporter side, they're saying Trump still got this executive order on his side where it's basically he basically laid it out in 2018, where he said if there's foreign election interference, there can be some pretty serious interventions. Now, Trump supporters are holding out that Trump will pull a, a last minute Trump card, haha, using this executive order to find a way to actually win. The executive order says that uh, no later than 45 days after an election, it has certainly not been 45 days. So there still is time left for Trump to theoretically pull some executive order maneuver. I just don't think it's likely, dude. I mean, look, if you want to just believe Trump is still going to win, by all means, you're free to do so. I haven't been on that boat since, you know, the first week after uh, the seventh. And a lot of, and I got a lot of flack for it. And well, that's just the way it is. During Occupy Wall Street, the Occupy, Pe- Occupy people loved me. And then a bunch of them now hate me because I've been telling the truth about what's going on with Donald Trump. And this is the, this is the truth. The odds against Trump now are astronomical. It's just, it, I just don't see it. So, so let's, let's read the story from the New York Times. They say, Pennsylvania certifies its election results, making Biden's victory official. The state of Pennsylvania certified its election results on Tuesday as Governor Tom Wolf signed off on the slate of 20 electors and solidified President-elect Joe Biden's victory in the state where he was born. One of the most hotly contested prizes of the election, the move in Pennsylvania, a state Mr. Biden won by more than 80,000 votes, follows the certification of the results in Michigan on Monday and Georgia on Friday. All three were states that President Trump won in 2016 and Mr. Biden flipped. With multiple battleground states that Mr. Biden won now having certified their results, the flailing efforts by Mr. Trump and his allies to subvert the election and overturn the votes of millions of Americans is nearing its end. Let me just interject there with that ridiculously framed paragraph. Trump's and his allies flailing attempt at flailing effort to subvert the election. Okay, Trump's legal challenges to the election seem to be nearing their end. That's news reporting. If I were to say Trump's efforts to stop the steal and prevent fraudulent votes from stealing the election. That would be right framing. If I were to say a flailing effort by Trump and his allies to subvert the election, that would be left framing. If I were to say the effort by Donald Trump and his allies to challenge the results, citing uh, citing voter fraud, seemed to be coming to an end. I'm not going to assert what is or isn't. We we haven't proven anything or disproven anything. We just what did Trump what what what's happened so far? Donald Trump filed legal cha- uh, challenges saying that there were improper uh, guidelines were not followed improperly, that some ballots should be disqualified. So it's really just about Trump's legal efforts to challenge the results are nearing an end or, or to challenge the, 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 uh, the tallies, the tabulations as they stand. They say in Pennsylvania, that's the New York Times for you, by the way, in Pennsylvania, the Trump campaign and Republican allies had tried to halt the certification for weeks through a flurry of litigation, yet was constantly rebuffed by judges who found the effort lacked any evidence of fraud. You see, come on, can you do your jobs? This is why I hate media. The Trump campaign lawsuits did not cite fraud. And the leftists are like, look, Trump's even saying there's no fraud in these cases. And then the New York Times says the efforts lacked evidence of fraud. What are you talking about? New York Times, did you even read the complaints? The most powerful principal complaint from the Trump campaign was that they didn't have observers that their observers were removed in Pennsylvania and in Michigan. That was their, their, their complaint, that this effectively invalidated votes. A state court in Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth Court, said 
that the election code does not specify the distance by which someone can observe. I think that was extreme legalizing of what the law is supposed to do. Well, it doesn't say how close you got to be, so you can be 50 feet away. No, an observer, any reasonable person to say you're supposed to be sitting there saying that is for Biden, that is for Trump. Okay, I see what you're doing there. Those votes make sense. If you got someone who's six feet away, they're going to be like, this one's for Biden. Let me see. I, I can't see how too bad. That's ridiculous. New York Times. I just I can't stand the media anymore. You, when you read when you read this stuff, do you notice the ridiculous framing? I'm not even saying that it should be right biased. I'm saying just stop pumping in your propaganda. They say the campaign had mostly most recently asked the federal Third Circuit of Appeals Court of Appeals to to block certification in Pennsylvania. But some legal experts have argued that if Pennsylvania officially certified its results before the court made a decision, the case would be considered moot. And it now uh, will be. Can Trump even go to the Supreme Court challenging, cert- calling for an injunction uh, on certification? No, that's it. He'll have to file a new case. Maybe Trump wanted to. Maybe they wanted to file a new case. I'll tell you this. You know, it really does feel like the Trump campaign is buying time for something. Maybe they're, I don't know. Look, if Trump really thought he was going to lose, that's why he's trying to win. He definitely is. If Trump really thought he was going to lose, he would just start running through a whole bunch of crazy executive orders. He wouldn't be trying this hard and spending this much money. He is. But then I see these suits and I'm kind of like, are they buying time for something? Because they got some suits where I'm just like, you went to court over this? What's what's the issue? And I thought maybe they're buying time to just keep Trump in the race by any means necessary up until some date for some reason, maybe December 8th, safe harbor. But with the certifications coming in, it just feels like, look, unless there's some secret maneuver I don't know about, and maybe that's true, it doesn't seem likely. And I'll also say, I really doubt there's some secret maneuver because this stuff just never really happens. You know, it's just Occam's razor would suggest Trump is fighting tooth and nail to win this. And he's not. And he's not. They say, Governor Wolf, in announcing the certification, praised the election workers in his state who had faced harsh criticism and harassment as the president continued his effort to subvert the election. Subvert the election. Jeez, man. Yes. You want to argue that left perspective New York Times? This is why the New York Times is trash. They just they don't tell you what literally happened. They tell you what they want you to think. So it'd be like, look, I mean, it's there in front of you. Okay, Donald Trump filed a legal challenge. That's it. That's all that happened. And it looks like he's losing his legal challenge. That's it. That's all that happened. Quote, I want to thank the election officials who have administered a fair and free election during a during an incredibly challenging time in our commonwealth and country's history. Mr. Wolf said in a statement on Twitter, our election workers have been under constant attack and they have performed admirably and honorably. Multiple counties across Pennsylvania had certified their results on Monday amid some scattered efforts by local Republicans to halt the process in Allegheny County, the second largest county in the state. And home to Pittsburgh, the board voted two to one to certify the results with Sam DeMarco, the lone Republican member voting against. Mr. DeMarco said his vote was an attempt to spur action in the state capitol to make changes to the state's voting laws, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported in Luzerne County, which Mr. Trump won by more than 14,000 votes. The board certified the results in a three to two vote. Again, Democratic members of the board voting to certify and the two Republicans voting against. The state had been specifically targeted by Giuliani, former mayor of New York, uh, who repeated, they say, baseless allegations of widespread fraud. 
Shortly after the election, Mr. Giuliani delivered a now infamous news conference at Four Seasons Total Landscaping in northeastern Philadelphia, falsely declaring the city's election had been marred by fraud and obstruction. Numerous judges would later reject those claims in court. I do not believe that is true. The New York Times just doesn't even do their job anymore. This seems to be written by someone who was like hanging out in the coffee room, like in the in like the snack room at the New York Times, where he overheard people talking about this. The lawsuits they filed were about impropriety, not about fraud. So I'll tell you this. Giuliani has been saying quite a bit there's fraud. Sidney Powell certainly saying there's there's fraud, but they're not arguing fraud in court. According to a source that Breitbart spoke with, they, they distanced themselves or they issued a statement saying, I'll be more specific, Giuliani and Jenna Ellis on Trump's legal team issued a statement saying that Sidney Powell was working on her own and not with the Trump campaign. And according to Breitbart, who, whether you believe their source or not, they said it was because the Trump campaign felt like the things Sidney Powell was saying were outside of the scope of what they could prove in court, in which case. When you claim all this fraud and you don't think you have the evidence or can prove it in court, don't be surprised when they don't try to actually present it in court. More importantly, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and you're not going to be able to investigate and find evidence in two and a half weeks. That's the crazy thing about this is that we've seen smoke. We've actually seen fire. Okay, we have evidence. We have sworn affidavits. Is it widespread enough to have actually caused structural damage to the election? We need an investigation. So uh, at this point, I would just like to give a, a, a round of applause to the FBI for quickly and decisively investigating Bubba Wallace's pull rope in his garage and doing literally nothing to investigate sworn statements from multiple people alleging similar things. That's called evidence and corroboration. Thanks, FBI. That's what they do, huh? No, come on. We live in a plutocracy. It's government for the rich by the rich and not the working class people. You can understand why they did not like Donald Trump. My favorite thing is all of like the the early 20 somethings who are like, I'm going to go vote for Joe Biden because they have no idea what the past, you know, 10 years were like, you know, notably the first half with Obama and with Joe Biden and just like the absolute trash things that administration had done. But I look forward to seeing what these, you know, like socialist youthful lefties say about, you know, the drone bombings and the military excursions and things like that. That's going to be fun, isn't it? I wonder how many of these like, you know, late 20s progressives are going to start following my content now that I start that I continue my ragging on Biden and the Obama administration for the horrible things they've been doing. Uh, and have done. Yeah, all of the progressives now are going to be like, you know what? Tim's not that bad. He is ragging on Biden, huh? Well, here we go. Which states have certified so far? This is the pending actual vote tally for president. And Donald Trump is still leading. This doesn't matter, though. Okay, check it out. We know what the states have concluded. They're now going through the certification process. Joe Biden is projected to have 306 electoral votes. So far, 85 electoral votes have been certified for Joe Biden. But not a single vote has yet to be cast. So uh, we'll see. You know what, man? I'm seeing these like these forum posts where they're like, you know, Trump's executive order and the secret evidence and the Kraken and all stuff. It's coming. It's coming. Don't give up. OK, listen, I understand why there's why the diehard Trump supporters are saying this. You literally have to. When we're talking about morale boosting and trying to keep people engaged and active, you need morale. I look at it this way. 
We got a political battlefield, okay? And the left and the Democrats are marching forward and they have routed the right. Well, the right needs to hold ranks. So they're saying, keep, keep moving, keep marching, don't back down. And that's basically what they're trying to do. If someone like me comes along and I'm sitting there and I got like a straw in my mouth and my feet's up and I'm like, oh, these guys done lost. They're going to be like, shut your mouth. It's bad for morale. So I get it. Just don't expect to be able to come to my channel and, and get a Trump cheerleader channel. It, it was never going to be that. It's, it's not that now and it will never be. I like Trump. I think he's better than Joe Biden. I voted for him and I voted for the other Republicans uh, uh, in, in my district and in my state. But it's because, you know, the left has gone absolutely insane. The Democrats have gone crazy. And I think Hotep Jesus, who's on the IRL podcast last Friday, put it best when I was like, what do you think about Republicans? He's like, I don't know what they, that they do anything for me to actually care about. And I'm like, that's it, dude. The Republicans are doing nothing. They're doing nothing good. They're doing nothing bad. The good they do is like a, sli- a tiny fraction. It's like they complain about big tech and then do nothing. The Democrats are nuts. They're doing tons of stuff and it's all just absolutely insane. I don't know what's going to happen. All right, I don't. And I can say it a million times. Although people like to, uh, to snip out of context clips where I'm like, this is what would happen if X, right? This might happen. and This might happen. Look, I think, like I've said, since since they called it for Biden, I said it, it's extremely likely it's going to be Joe Biden. The machine is powerful. When I ask, can Donald Trump win? I'm not asking, can Donald Trump uh, find a way to, to nullify votes? No, 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 no. Donald Trump is an individual going up against the establishment machine for all it's worth. And that has more to do with the, ex- the, the machine outside the election than it does with, uh, within the election. When I say, can Donald Trump win? I'm not saying, can Donald Trump find votes? I'm saying, can Donald Trump defeat the crony corporate establishment? He pulled it off in 2016 and it was, it was slim. Now, the Electoral College victory was great, but in certain states, he won by only like 80,000 or so votes between several states. It was like 0.2% in one, in, in one state. I think it was Michigan. It was, it was slim. Hillary Clinton could have won that, but no, people really hate Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump narrowly bested the establishment machine. The rhinos and dinos holding hands behind our backs. Lindsey Graham and Kamala Harris fist bumping and he pats her on the back. That's right. Congratulations, Kamala Harris. But now I'm going to go on TV and claim Donald Trump should fight tooth and nail and never give up. Thanks, Lindsey Graham. That's the Republican establishment. They don't care about you and neither do the Democrats. Donald Trump put up a heck of a fight, but I wonder if he could defeat them. They have been throwing everything in his face. And what you got to understand, too, is that going back past several years with Donald Trump facing impeachment and Ukraine gate, all this, stuff, you know, well, Ukraine gate impeachment and Russia gate, they were keeping him off base. And Trump still managed to do a pretty good job helping this country. But these people don't care about this country. They care about their pocketbooks. That's why they love free trade. That's why they love this vaccine. You know why? You get you, you pass a bill where you're like, we're going to expedite production. We got Operation Warp Speed. What does that signal to all the wealthy elites and people who work in Congress who, for some reason, are millionaires? Buy more stock. It's being reported that Kelly Loeffler in Georgia, when COVID hit, she had her you know advisor, or whatever, go through her portfolio and start buying up all of these big box stores and whatever. And it's like, dude. When it comes to someone like Loeffler, they try to drag her as personally profiting, and she did, but people have wealth management. The point is, the rich get richer, the poor get poor, and I don't care if they're a Republican, and I don't care if they're a Democrat. 
The Democrats get money when they say we need everyone to take this vaccine and we're going to offer up a two billion dollar guaranteed contract to big pharma. And then what do they do? Well, they move their they shuffle their portfolios around and buy into Pfizer because they know Pfizer is going to be putting out a vaccine and Moderna and these other companies. They're like, well, they're going to put out a vaccine. The government's going to be paying for it. Let's buy up. You know what that means? It means your tax dollars, your wealth being transferred to big pharmaceuticals while the governors lock you down and send all of your, your small business and all of your ownership gets destroyed and gets sent to the big box stores and the big corporate machine. And you know what? I feel for every hardworking American who is trying to resist and push back. The political establishment doesn't care about you. They never did. They just want to line their pockets with gold. You see, when you're rich, you don't got to worry about poor people stuff. You have the ability to snap your finger and say, look, I got a million chilling over there. I don't care what I do with it. Move it over to that, st- that, that big pharma company and bam. Somebody hit me up and they said, with Joe Biden coming in, Palantir, the data analytics tracking and, you know, as some would say, spying company is going to get some sweet, sweet government contracts. You best buy up Palantir stock. Yeah, Palantir. Big data analysis, tracking, all that stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. But it's OK. They're OK now. It's Peter Thiel's company. He's all right. Right. He was he was in favor of, of the right and hated the PC stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, so it's so it's so it's so it's all good. And, and, and they're helping with COVID. Yeah. So someone hit me up and said it's going to skyrocket because if Joe Biden gets in, he's going to dump his contracts into these big spyware companies or these big surveillance companies. And uh, I'm not buying any of that stuff. That's not for me. I don't want to play that game. But I know some people who did and Palantir skyrocketed. When Joe Biden gets in, I tell you what, you are going to make mad cash when you invest in, in, in companies like Amazon. You buy that Amazon stock and Google stock because he said lockdown. No, what he really said was, I trust the science. And his advisor, Osterholm, said lockdown. Where are people going to shop? Amazon, Walmart, Target. So I, I think Walmart's private, but you, you, you know what you want to invest in? Big pharmaceuticals. And so here's what happens. As the poor, the middle class, the working class, see their businesses flattened, their ownership evaporate. And they struggle to get by on scraps. The people who have been sitting on massive wealth, can easily put it into these big stores and then get all that money. I hope you're ready for the American oligopoly because this is what's happening. We are check the charts. Wealth inequality is going to be worse than anyone has ever seen. And I tell you this, you want to know why that's a problem? Wealth inequality leads to destabilization of societies. You cannot have oligarchs, especially in America, for you know increasingly becoming wealthy while the poor suffer because the left will revolt. And the right will revolt. And I tell you this, we might get to a point where we see more of this boogaloo BLM handshake stuff going on, but you might actually see Trump supporters start supporting Antifa. No joke. I know you're gonna say, what? Get out of here. The the right hates Antifa. I'll tell you this. When they crush your small business, when they strip away everything you own and you are demanding your right to survive, there's eventually someone's going to say the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And then what? Well, Antifa thinks the government's fascists. The Trump supporters and conservatives just want to get by. I, 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 I think we're going to see riots across the board. I'll see how it plays out. Certification is here and it's looking like a Joe Biden presidency. And that means strife, pain and suffering. I'm sorry, it just does. Maybe the vaccine uh, works tremendously and then they release the lockdowns. But 
It's already starting to get worse. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on a different YouTube channel. Do this. Go to your address bar and type in youtube.com slash Timcast and press enter. If you're still listening to this video, it's because you didn't do it. And uh, some of you might think same channel. Uh, this channel is Timcast. This is not Timcast. Okay. I have multiple channels. And for some reason, YouTube just says this one is Timcast. So try again. Go to the address bar, type in youtube.com slash Timcast, press enter, and you will see different content. I will see you there at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Many of you already know the media is not on your side. They don't exist to tell you the truth. They just pump out propaganda and activist narratives. To clarify, there are many people who work in news media and local news who do a good job. I use mainstream news sources all the time. I just have to vet these articles. I can't just pulp an article and assume what they're saying is true. So I try to find a bunch of different articles. And if they're saying similar things, then I think, okay, maybe this is as close as we can get to the truth. Admittedly, I have to trust them very often, but with a healthy dose of skepticism. If they're ever citing a poll, I'll look into the poll. If they're ever citing a lawsuit, I'll look into the lawsuit. Like with the fake news about Donald Trump's lawsuit in Pennsylvania, I actually read the suit, check the source and see if they're giving you fake news. Well, now we have another survey. According to the Washington Washington Examiner, Trump would have won 311 electoral college votes if media weren't biased. It's actually really simple. The media didn't report on Joe Biden's scandals or his son's laptop and the crack pipe and all that other stuff. And when people were asked about it, they said, wow, I would not have voted for him had I known that. In fact, you look at Dr. Naomi Wolf, who tweeted out almost immediately after the election, if I had known Joe Biden was in favor of lockdowns, I wouldn't have voted for him. And my response is, how did you not know this? Did you not look it up? Unfortunately, it's because the media lies and omits and lies by omission. Yeah, here's the story. The examiner says the liberal media's efforts to hide Joe Biden related scandals from voters and bury good news about the Trump administration cost the president the election, according to two new voting surveys. Had voters known about troubling issues swirling around the Democrat and some of the uh, some of the successes of the Trump White House, including the Middle East peace deals, job growth and energy independence, Enough people would have turned away from Biden to give Trump 311 electoral votes, more than enough to win, said the polls shared with secrets. Ripping the media, Brent Bozel, founder of the Media Research Center, said, had they done their jobs, Donald Trump won the election. Bozel added, this is not happenstance. This is not coincidence. The Democrats knew better. And for a variety of reasons, media has become propagandistic drivel. Many of these people just want the Democrats to win. And I'll tell you, it's really simple. There's no grand conspiracy for the most part. Uh, I say that because I don't know. Maybe there is. But here's what I see happening, having worked for some of these companies. And I've said this before. What kind of article does well? Shock content, hyperpartisan content. So what do news organizations do? They drift towards hyperpartisan content. They then hire people who produce hyperpartisan content and falsely frame stories to maximize viewership. This results in people saying, don't write about the the Biden thing. We're not going to get any clicks. So they don't. And then no one hears about it. Now, admittedly, there's probably a lot of activists and propagandists who are probably also at these companies saying, don't write about that or else. Here's the post-election survey of 1,750 Biden voters in seven swing states. Percent unaware about the Biden assault allegations, 34.4 percent. 
8.9% would have shifted away from Biden. Hunter Biden scandal, 45% were unaware. 9.4 would have shifted away. Harris, most leftist senator, 25.3 and 4.1 would have shifted away. However, I think it's fair to say she's the most liberal in the sense that she does not compromise, not that she's far left. Then as for Trump's successes, energy independence, Middle Eastern peace deals, creating 11.1 million jobs, 33.1% economic growth, Operation Warp Speed, people were not unaware. 82% were unaware of at least one of these stories. Energy independence, 50.5% were unaware, and it would have created a grand total of about a 17% shift away from Biden. Now, to be fair, I, I, I do think they're, they're narrowing down the fact that there's probably overlap. Some of the people who didn't know about the allegations didn't know about energy independence. And it's, it's probable that you didn't know about a lot of, uh, about a lot of this because, I don't know, you're watching CNN or something. It's, it, I think it's fair to point out Trump would have won. They say, what's more, the media had a partner in Twitter, which Bozel said censored Trump, his campaign or family members 262 times during the end of the campaign. Biden's team was never censored. In one survey for MRC by McLaughlin and Associates, enough of Biden's voters would have switched their selection had they known about his son Hunter's money scandal to give Trump a victory. In that poll, 4.6% of Biden voters said they would not have selected him had they been aware of his son's China money affair. In the second, done by the polling company for MRC, 17% of voters would have shifted away from Biden had they known about Biden's scandals and Trump's achievements. Look at this massive percentage changes in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Georgia and Arizona, Wisconsin and Nevada, the key swing states. Hypothetical Trump margin. Now, all of this is hypothetical, but I think it's fair to at least say we knew the game was rigged from the start. We knew social media was banning high profile Trump personalities and the Republicans were too stupid or complicit. Since 2018 or, or earlier, we've all been talking about censorship against conservatives who are the primary victim of censorship. Why? Because they wanted Trump to lose. Duh. And the only reason they like me is because I'm able to attract many of these conservative viewers, but I'm actually a liberal. So you see, you see how the game is played. They say Tim Pool's a liberal. Eh, he gets these viewers. That way we can. I've said this over and over again, just just so you're aware. It's not a secret what I think YouTube is doing. I don't like Democrats. I think they're nuts. I think Trump's not that bad. I don't think he's perfect or anything like that. But I th- I thought the Middle Eastern. Look, look at this. The Middle, e- Middle Eastern peace deals was, were amazing. The job growth, the economic growth. I thought those were great. Energy independence was a good thing. Operation Warp Speed. I thought it was great. Trump was doing some fairly good things. I thought Biden was doing bad things and Biden has a bad history. So I said, all right, begrudgingly, I'll vote for Trump. I think what YouTube wants to do when they ban certain high profile creators and, and, and YouTube isn't the worst, mind you, it's Facebook and it's Twitter. But when they ban a lot of people, they're hoping those people will stick around and watch, you know, Steven Crowder and, you know, other right wing creators who they're allowing to remain on the platform. They want to spin the wheel push. They, they want what's considered right wing to be far right, what's considered centrist to be right wing. And they want someone like me, who's a left leaning independent to be considered right wing, which is now what they're basically doing. They like it. Shifting the Overton window. That's what that, that that's how the game is being played. And we knew it from the get go. It wasn't just social media. The Democrats changed the rules. We know this. Mail-in voting was a huge boost. They then had a month to Maybe ballot harvest. We saw several accusations of ballot harvesting, but maybe even just general outreach. That's the thing y'all got to understand. With one month with mail-in voting going out, 
They could go door to door and just say, did you fill out your vote yet? Fill it out. We're here. Fill it out. Now mail it in. And they don't got to harvest. They can just say, do it, do it, vote. And they gave themselves that month to do it. And that was a way, one of the principal ways they, they won. The other thing they did was they suppressed information they censored. And Twitter did this. People like Jack Dorsey, man. I think Jack Dorsey, I don't think he has any power, mind you, the CEO of Twitter. I think for the most part, he's just like a figurehead, just a face. In reality, the company knew what they were doing and they knew why they were doing it. It was a long time ago that, you know, Paul Just Watson, Alex Jones, Laura Loomer, Miley Annapolis, many people were banned across the board on social media. And it was obvious what they were doing. High profile Trump supporting personalities were purged. So look, when they say that Trump lost and in some states it was it was relatively close. You know, people are saying it wasn't even close. You know, 306. Now, nah, look, the 2016 race was very close. Trump won some states by thousands of votes, tens of thousands. And in this case, it was relatively close. I'm not going to say it was extremely close, but it was relatively close. We've had races where it's like, you know, Obama gets several million more votes and several states cleanly go to him. And we know it's not close. No, in this case, Trump looked like he won on election night. And then they went, oh, red mirage. Oh, we got it. We're going to find the votes. Yeah, everybody knew that was coming. So anyway, they say a survey of voters in the key battleground states of Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin found enough Biden voters switching to give Trump the win in each state. The survey did not assume that those voters leaving Biden would shift to Trump, showing how close the races were, basically saying they're not saying it would have necessarily have given Trump the boost, but taking enough votes away from Biden meant Trump would have won. And I think this shows, well, we got a serious problem. In my main segment, I talked about the decoupling of America. Actually, it was the CEO of Axios who said there would be a decoupling. And I think it's, uh, I think he's right. I think there will be a decoupling. Why? Well, conservatives know the media is lying to them and lying to many people. The battle now is on for heads, counting heads. Republican networks need to convince people to join their ranks. They need people to leave mainstream social, mainstream media and get them to join the ranks of conservative media. But it's not, I wouldn't say, I shouldn't say necessarily needs to absolutely. It will help them. I'll put it that way. There are left wing social media platforms. There's like Mastodon, not particularly large for the most part. Parler is growing exponentially and conservatives are finding their own voices in their own spaces. Here's what's going to happen. Many conservatives are still on Twitter. They just have a presence on Parler where they can say more of what they want. Now, Parler does have different rules in many ways, stricter rules. They have a broadcast standard, meaning you still can't put up hate speech, but you can say basically anything you want about, you know, a lot of things. Twitter will ban you for, you know, questioning the election or stuff like that. Here's what I see happening. Regular journalists, uh, regular people and journalists will probably be on Twitter, but most regular people don't use Twitter at all anyway. But conservatives will use Parler and Twitter. So they'll create a space where they can say, come hang out with us. Check it out on Twitter. You get a left bubble, but it's still fairly it's not it's not hard left. It, it is in many ways, but not nearly as partisan as Parler is. Twitter won't become a left wing version of Parler. Twitter is going to be mixed because conservatives are still there, giving conservatives the advantage in the future. That's something these media companies are going to have to pay attention to. And maybe this will be the massive advantage conservatives have going into 2022 and 2024. I'll leave it there. A couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. One American news has been temporarily suspended from YouTube and booted from the YouTube partner program. So they will no longer be allowed 
to make money on YouTube videos. Ladies and gentlemen, the attack is underway. In my previous segment, I mentioned how right wing media and spaces like Parler are a massive advantage to conservatives and Republicans moving forward. And thus, as you could have predicted, they are, they, they are going to do everything in their power to destroy these networks and these platforms. And thus, saith the big tech overlords, it hath begun. From uh, NBC Boston, YouTube on Tuesday barred One American News from posting new videos and live streaming for one week after the right-leaning media organization uploaded a fake cure for the coronavirus. Quote, after careful review, we removed a video from OAN and issued a strike on the channel for violating our COVID-19 misinformation policy, which prohibits content claiming there's a guaranteed cure, a YouTube spokesperson told CNBC. Additionally, due to repeated violations of our COVID-19 misinformation policy and other channel monetization policies, we've suspended the channel from the YouTube partner program. And as a result, it's monetization on YouTube. It was unclear what specifically OAN's video said about COVID-19 cure, about a COVID-19 cure that made YouTube decide to suspend its channel. So let's stop right there and rewind where they said YouTube banned them for posting news uh, uh, after the, after the media organization uploaded a fake cure. If you don't know what the video was, you can't say they did something right. You can say because YouTube claims they violated their rule on misinformation. They say the organization will have to reapply to YouTube's partner program if it wants the ability to make money off of its existing content again. YPP, YouTube's partner program, uh, is, the, is, is what connects large YouTube channels with advertisers. YouTube said broadly that companies will only be readmitted after they fixed the issue that led to suspension. Tuesday's move marks YouTube's latest crackdown against OANN. The social media giant has been criticized for allowing One American News to spread misinformation, such as false claims that President Donald Trump won the presidential election. Nobody won the presidential election yet. Joe Biden is the projected winner. And he is not yet president-elect until the electors make their votes on December 14th. So far, Joe Biden has 85 electoral votes certified, but not cast. And Donald Trump has 90. Based on the projections, it looks like Joe Biden will be certified the winner. And that's what I expected to happen for quite some time, though Donald Trump is still in a legal battle and he might pull it off. But think about this. They are trying desperately to sever conservative media. But have they stopped to think at all about what will happen if you do. These people are insane. And what's really frustrating to me is how dumb they are. You're listening, YouTube. You know, I did a segment on the IRL podcast where I talked about how my channels were blacklisted. You couldn't Google search them. And then all of a sudden, my channels got removed from the blacklist. Perhaps YouTube likes me for some reason. Let me just say this to those at YouTube who, may be, who might be listening. This is one of the stupidest things you could do. You do not want to remove these channels from YouTube. You want to keep them on the platform so that people get a mix of information and don't drift off into these spaces. But now that's what's happening. Perhaps that's what uh, Twitter and, and, and YouTube and Facebook were hoping would happen. And that would be really dumb because I'll tell you what's going to happen. If you create a space for all of these people to watch the news and build up a big audience and then you snip it so that that audience drifts away. You are creating a massive network of people who will now have no access to other information because get what, guess what? BitChute exists. 
Minds exists. There are other platforms where One American News can upload videos if they're getting suspended, and they probably will. And this means that audience are going to, they're going to go to a place like Parler, where people on Parler are in an echo chamber and they're not going to hear other information. You are solidifying the insanity and you're making the divide worse. But far be it from me to tell you how to do your jobs, because for all I know, you want the divide to get worse. And if that's your case, if that's the case, then good job. You're, you're doing just you're, you're doing swell. No, I don't want things to get worse. I want things to get better. I want this country to come together. I want us to figure out how we can get past these absurd claims and strange ideologies and survive and then work together towards a better, better world and country. Unfortunately, YouTube does things like this. What was the fake COVID-19 cure video? We don't know. Why is NBC saying they did, but then later saying they have no idea what it was? Yeah. They didn't watch the video. They don't know what it was. And God, I, I got to be honest, I don't know what the video is either. So I'm not going to take YouTube's word for it. I can only imagine at a certain point in time, they'll ban me as well. But hey, that it is what it is. Take a look at this. Parental advocacy group warns parlor is dangerous for minors. Why? Why is it dangerous? The advocacy group Parents Together Action issued a public warning Friday about the alternative social media app parlor arguing it doesn't moderate content, which is dangerous for minors. First of all, let me just say there's no such thing as an alternative social network. There's just smaller social networks and they do moderate. Right now, they're being accused of censoring a hashtag and leftist media is running that too. So why the fake and confusing narratives? Because they're just trying to destroy Parler. That's it. Here it comes. And then the left will say, but it's a private platform. You can go on any platform you want. And then y'all come and post lies to get these things banned. Parler moderates heavily, very heavily. They have a broadcast standard, mean, meaning you can't say a lot of things on Parler that you can say on Twitter. On Twitter, you can post some pretty explicit and graphic stuff for, for real. On Parler, you can't. They say, quote, Parents should know that due to Parler's dangerous combination of an extremist user base and almost non-existent moderation of content, hate speech, incitements to violence and disinformation about the election uh, results are pervasive on the platform. I wonder if Parler is going to sue because that's a false statement of fact. Now, you can say extremist. That's an opinion. Almost non-existent moderation. Now, that's probably an opinion, too. So maybe, you know, maybe they can't sue. But they say hate speech, incitements to violence. Parlor, as I mentioned, is a broadcast standard, meaning there's a lot of things you can't say. So that's just I don't that's just not true. The organization urged parents to check their children's devices to ensure they have not installed Parlor. Wow. Noting its rise in popularity since Election Day. If they have, the group recommends deleting their child's account and the app. They don't want your kids to be exposed to <gasps> conservatives. Parents Together Action underscored their warning by stating that Parler does not require users to share their age or birth date when signing up. The app does, however, require users to be at least 13 years old and have expressed permission from a legal guardian if they're under 18 based on its user agreements. Parler brands itself as a free speech platform and has been boosted by conservative figures in the wake of Election Day. Yeah, kind of. But as I mentioned, they use what's called a broadcast standard. So, no, I, don't, I think that's incorrect. As social media giants, Facebook and Twitter took action to label posts with misinformation about the election, including those from Trump casting doubt on the results and President-elect Joe Biden's victory, Parler allowed such posts to remain unchecked. Experts have raised concerns over the potential for disinformation to spread and conspiracy theories to flourish due to Parler's hands-off approach, kind of like Russia, Russia, CNN, Russia. Yeah, 
That's okay, though. Right. No moderation there. They say, in addition to the spread of disinformation, Parents Together Action cited posts explicitly calling for targeted political violence and civil war in response to Trump's defeat, as well as those filled with hate speech. It's crucial that parents are aware of the violence, racism, and extremism that exists on this platform. No child should be on Parler. Parents Together co-founder Justin Rubin said in a statement. Meanwhile, there's a video making the rounds on Twitter of a bunch of people clapping and chanting as a small child who's like eight years old says that they're trans. And while I look, if parents are going to raise their kids as they want, you can claim all of these things are bad and talk about it. I'm not here to, to judge the morality. I'm just pointing out because we can get in a conversation about that stuff. I've been heavily critical. I'm just pointing out that if you've got children on Twitter and they're being exposed to a bunch of extremist content, where's the complaint there? Oh, these people say all day and night that Twitter harbors the same hate speech. Okay, parents together action. Please tell parents to go delete Twitter off of these phones, off of these devices. Long story short, what's going to happen and what I think everybody recognized was going to happen is that they are going to do everything in their power to destroy any space where conservatives try to gather. With One American News, they ban this channel and then the viewers have to go somewhere and they're all in this together. They're not going to simply just forget what they saw. So now they're going to be playing a game of whack-a-mole, chasing after these crowds and beating them into submission over and over again. That's the plan, man. Apparently, Facebook's running a program to de-radicalize, trying to figure out what content would make people de-radicalized. The only problem is the far left content they've been pumping out and supporting is radicalization. It's funny when you have somebody who's, you know, on Facebook and they think it's the right that's become radicalized, but the right's actually pretty much where it's always been. And so they, as radicalized far leftists, are like, how do we de-radicalize these right wingers? And then what ends up happening? They try and make right wingers leftists because to them, left is normal. The people who claim Bernie Sanders is a centrist make me laugh. He's not. He's called for public ownership of corporations. Okay. That's literal socialism and not the Medicare for all is socialism argument. I'm saying literally giving the workers the control of the means of production is socialism. Now, Bernie's offered up only a up 20%. That was his plan. The point is it exists. They're going to come after parlor. Minds they already have and bit shoot and they already have and they're going to give them the extremist treatment and try and destroy them because they want control. Twitter loves it. They love the power. So does Facebook. These people are insane and there's no competition here. Eventually, they will try to destroy enough platforms, but these people will keep spreading ideas. You know, you it, banning them is the wrong move because then they have no choice but to seek out each other physically or, you know, on alternative platforms. And I'm saying that using their language, because the truth is there's just platforms. They're going to find other places to communicate. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. But I thought that if Joe Biden got elected, everything would return to normal. Why isn't everything returning to normal? Why is violent crime surging? Why are the police still being defunded? Why are the COVID lockdowns getting worse? Okay, okay. Joe Biden's not president yet. But here we go, baby. Things are going to get a whole lot crazier. And I hope you are prepared because Joe Biden has said he's going to follow the science. Trump said he would follow political and economic advisors and mocked Joe Biden. The left said Trump is so dumb. He won't even follow the science like he's so stupid. You know, he didn't even do anything. And uh, Joe Biden is going to follow the scientists like Osterholm, who said lock everything down for six weeks, which would decimate 
the economy worse than it already is. And I love how right now the Dow Jones has hit a record of 30,000. Meanwhile, people are losing their jobs. Lockdowns are getting worse. People are facing mass eviction. Welcome to the oligopoly, the plutocracy, whatever you want to call it. The massive transfer of wealth from the poor to the rich. And you can thank all of the well-to-do neoliberal managerial elites and, yes, their passive leftist faux allies who supported Joe Biden, who are bringing us this glorious transfer of wealth future. Donald Trump resisted all of this, but you reap what you sow. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the star of today's show. Minnesota courts suspend criminal trials for 60 days due to COVID. Rest assured that as they continue their efforts to defund the police, your criminal courts and jails will be shut down and the criminals will be released because, you know, COVID lockdown. So what do you think happens when the criminals are being cut loose? The police are being defunded. Dude, they are decimating this country across the board. And the neo-lib leftist managerial elites voted for it. I'm saying as like a combination. I know many leftists don't like Joe Biden, but so many of them defended him and so many supported him. Oh, there are some essayist YouTubers who are like, but Joe Biden is just what we have to do because Donald Trump is a fascist. Congratulations. You walked off the cliff like a lemming. Okay, many of these progressives like the fact that criminal trials are being suspended and that violent crime is surging and innocent people are being victimized and gunned down. Sure. I was all about letting people live their lives and work, but you know what? I guess many of these leftists are getting exactly what they want. They want the ultra elites to control their lives. That's literally the plan. It's communism. In communism, you have the party elites who are in control of the centralized economy, and then you just do as you're told, like Dr. Fauci said recently, remember? Americans have an independent spirit, but it's time you do what you're told. Sure, Fauci. Well, until the Constitution is no, uh, as long as the Constitution exists, I'm going to go ahead and say, nah, not going to happen. In Minnesota, they say, as cases of COVID-19 continue to surge, District courts across the state will suspend jury trials and ramp up remote hearings effective November 30th. The Judicial Council unanimously voted Thursday, November 19th, that all new criminal jury trials should be put on hold until February 1st and that all court proceedings should be conducted remotely unless it is impossible to do so. Leftists, let me ask you, what do you think is going to happen to these people? Do you think they're going to be just let loose from the jails or do you think they're going to be locked up for an extended period of time arbitrarily because of covid lockdown? They are making an authoritarian state and it was the Joe Biden voters that supported this. Joe Biden's already putting the banksters and the lobbyists and the crony elites who supported the Iraq war on his transition team. It's coming. I can't imagine that many uh, regular Americans are going to support this and People are going to be pushed to limit and they are going to snap. This is crazy. For us in the judiciary, we are used to doing a balancing analysis and we need to do that now. It seems to me as we consider whether and how we should ramp down some of our in-person court proceedings, according to Minnesota Supreme Court Justice Lori Gildea, of course, on one side, the scale is our constitutional mission, our constitutional obligation to ensure access to justice and to ensure that it is provided freely and promptly and without delay. That is a very important weight on that side of the scale. On the other side of the scale is our duty to protect the health and safety of our judges. What does the Constitution say? Does the Constitution say in the Fifth Amendment you have a right to a speedy trial? Unless, of course, there is a pandemic. 
Yeah, no, it says uh, you have a right to bear arms, to speak freely. You have a right to be free from soldiers, you know, uh, staying in your home. I, that's not really been an issue for us for the most part. To be free from uh, uh, unnecessary search and seizure to are uh, un- unreasonable. And uh, the Fifth Amendment, right to remain silent, speedy trial, all that good stuff. Nowhere in there does it say unless, an, uh, unless, of course, we are faced with a pandemic and the health and safety is at risk. It's not in there. They're trampling on the Constitution and they're working to destroy it. So what do we do? The police aren't upholding their oath. What about National Guard or any of these people upholding their oath? I, I honestly, I don't think so. I really don't. The oath is to the Constitution, not the individuals giving these edicts. But what happens when you're a cop and they say, here's what you do? What happens when you're a judge? Well, you know what? We're not going to hold these hearings anymore. Great. Well, welcome to New York City. They're going to return 120 officers to patrol uh, subway stations in response to an alarming spate of attacks as police arrest homeless man, 33, who pushed a victim onto the tracks in Brooklyn. It's just going to get worse, man. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer or pessimistic or whatever, but it's getting worse. It is. I think something has to change. We we need some kind of nonviolent civil disobedience protest. Now, I, I will be I will be reasonable and rational and say that this holiday uh, week, people are flying. The amount of people expected to travel to their family uh, to meet the, uh, be with their families for Thanksgiving is only down around five percent, according to some stats. I don't have a poll up. You can fact check it. Flights are down, but people driving it's relatively the same. So for the most part, people are having their Thanksgiving. They're issuing these edicts on lockdown and people are basically saying, eh, don't care. We're going to do our thing. They can't control everyone and they can't control everything. They can lie about it. But I do think there's enough people who are just going to blindly follow until they finally snap. And so I mentioned this in previous segments, but you've got regular, hardworking, law-abiding American citizens who are being pushed to the brink. It's, it really does seem like they're trying to get people to snap like they did in the first week of June when we saw the mass George Floyd riots. Much of that anger and resentment was redirected. A lot of these people, it's been uh, speculated, were really just angry with the lockdown. They'd been stuck in their apartments. They couldn't go out, sitting there every day, almost in solitary confinement, making these ridiculous movies where it's like they're on Zoom calls or whatever. It's genuinely creepy stuff on par with Black Mirror. You ever see that episode where everybody lives in a cubicle and their walls are screens and they have avatars representing them and they all sit there like the laughing, like yeah, watching these shows? It's creepy stuff. Well, that's what happened. Now it's only getting worse. Criminals are being released. It's been happening across the board from jails because of COVID. Now they're suspending courts. So I can only imagine some people are going to be locked up for extended periods without the ability to get bail, which violates the Fifth Amendment. Some people are going to be released, which violates the actual safety of individuals and all in the name of this pandemic, which is not in the Constitution. The Constitution says that we as individuals have rights. It does. It doesn't say anything about specific emergency, uh, you know, pandemics and how we're supposed to respond. Like I say, Patrick Henry didn't say, give me liberty or give me death unless, of course, there's a pandemic. He said, give me liberty or give me death. Individualism is being eroded and it's only going to, I know I said it for 50 million times, but under a Joe Biden presidency, it'll be bad. What have you done to make sure that you are ready for how bad it will be? If you are someone who lives out in the middle of nowhere, you're probably fine. If you're someone who lives in a city, I think it's fair to say there's going to be riots. People are going to break. They have their limit. 
There's already been a rise in suicides. There's been rise, uh, rising violent crime. It seems like everything we're seeing is just destroying the economy. I mean, think about it. You've got riots destroying businesses, defunding the police, increase in general street crime, mass lockdown. Everything is destroying the economy and shifting wealth and ownership to the global elites. That's the way it's uh, been going. And with Joe Biden, the, 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 the candidate of Wall Street and the managerial elites, managerial elites, then uh, expected to just keep happening. Let me just say to those that voted for this man, the regular working class people, you are going to suffer. I'm not saying it's a good thing. No, it's a bad thing. It's going to be bad. I'm sorry. Shouldn't have voted for this guy. Your wealth and ownership will be destroyed and dissolved. And you know what? There are many millennial people with no families. And so they have nothing to lose. They don't care. They're like, I don't care if I don't work. Just give me the money. But there are people who have kids and have families that are constrained and are scared to fight back and speak up, fight back figuratively, protest, because they have kids and they're worried, but I'll get canceled. The left will come for me. Boy, have they beaten you down into submission perfectly. Cancel culture stopped you from speaking up. Then you wouldn't advocate for the candidate who could actually have saved you, Donald Trump. Now they're telling you to sit down, shut up, stay in your home, do as you're told, like Fauci said, and like good little obedient uh, um, serfs, you've done it. Congratulations. And under the guise of fighting fascism, no less. Here we are. I'm chilling up in the middle of nowhere. I can go outside with tons of land and mountains before me, and there's nobody around anywhere. Many of you probably are in a similar position, but these cities are being absolutely destroyed. We'll see how things play out, because I think people are going to break and it's going to get really, really bad. And I've been saying it for quite some time, so I hope you've been paying attention. A lot of people like to say, oh, Tim, he shills those food bins. You betcha. I got a bunch. Not because I think the world is going to end, but because the shelves are already being stripped clean because of COVID lockdown. That happened earlier in the year. And if you couldn't see that coming, even though it already happened, I don't know to tell you, man. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m., but tonight at 8 p.m. at TimCast IRL, we're going to have a big show. So stick around. Thanks for hanging out. I will see you all then.